when we let go of trying to change what happened and instead reclaim how we choose to speak to ourselves first and foremost and then to others around us that's what ultimately determines how the rest of the chapters are going to go Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta, yoga teacher and teacher trainer, mindfulness coach, speaker, and creative writer. I am also the founder of radicallyloved.com, a website where you can go for more information about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and lifestyle advice. On this podcast, we talk to people within our health and wellness community that are creating content through the ritualistic practice of yoga, meditation, or overall mindful living. We hope to create value in your life so that you can achieve your highest potential and live a radically loved life. To stay in touch with us, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rosie Acosta and on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie. You can sign up for our newsletter on radicallyloved.com to stay up to date on future workshops, retreats, and latest podcasts. Hey listeners, our skin is the human body's largest organ. And if you're anything like me, then you pay very close attention to anything that goes on it. I was so excited when I heard that Four Sigmatic was coming out with the skincare product line and that it was actually going to be edible, vegan, and cruelty-free. They're introducing their very first mushroom face mask and tonic plus superfood serum. I've been using it now for a month and a half and have noticed such a drastic difference in my skin complexion. This is the first purifying face mask that doubles as an adaptogen tonic and a serum that's also a wellness supplement. So now treat your skin to the everyday magic of vegan and cruelty-free edible skincare with no fillers, plastics, or chemicals. For more information, go to foursigmatic.com and if you're interested in trying the product, don't forget to use our promo code RADICALLYLOVED. Again, go to foursigmatic.com and type the code RADICALLYLOVED at checkout so that you can get a special discount on all the Four Sigmatic products. And now back to our show. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Welcome. Okay, I have a very special guest today. Alexia Vernon is here. She's joining us and I'm so excited to have her we just encountered uh, several minutes of technical difficulties, so we're just going to have to have this recap again, but you guys won't even know that we're having this conversation all over again, um, which is awesome, except that now I'm telling you that it's happened, so <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Um, Alexia, thank you so much for being on and for your patience. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, <laughs> for yours as well. <laughs> We, uh, Alexia and I met at, uh, well, we were at uh, the same event uh, a few months ago at the Hivery event in Mill Valley, in in which we both spoke, but um, we didn't really get to interact. And so I was really excited to connect with her here because I love Alexia's work is incredible. And I'm in the middle of reading her book and which I'm excited. She's going to talk to us about that today. Um, So for the people that are listening, Alexia, please uh, share with us who you are and what you do. For as long as I can remember, my work in the world has been supporting people, particularly women, to step into their moxie. And 
when I talk about moxie, what I mean is having the capacity to walk into any room or onto any stage and unapologetically speak up for yourself and the ideas and issues that matter most to you and know that when you speak, your words will move people to take action. And that is work that I, it feels like at a cellular level I was called to do because much of my life I've experienced an on again, off again relationship with my voice, by which I mean, there would be these moments where I felt, and maybe some of you listening can relate, that I was tap dancing on eggshells, hustling really hard to be liked and to Mm. give all the right answers, like perfectionism wired in my DNA. And as a result of that, always feared that even though I had lots of ideas and I was creative and passionate, that I might get it wrong. But then the thing that was always so confusing was that I would have these other moments, sometimes in very close proximity to those former moments where I did want to get in front of an audience and I maybe didn't want to speak for a long time, but I was an actor and I was a dancer and I loved visibility, but I didn't understand how to reconcile those two pieces of me. And it wasn't until I was probably in my mid to late twenties that I recognized that what I was going through didn't mean I had a comfort with visibility problem. It simply meant that I didn't understand how to play nicely with the sensation that I was experiencing and harness that as a way to be more impactful with my communication. Mm. Wow. That's a, you've said this before. (laughs) Like that was so uh, well said. Wow. I have so many questions to ask you with regard to so much of what you said this idea of us being able to consolidate or or to i guess integrate all of those pieces uh within our own selves and our the way that we show up in the world can be really complex and i feel like there's even people out there that are trying to even just harness in one of those things right maybe it's just like mm-hmm. the visibility aspect so how and i know that you speak to this a lot in the work that you do But for the people that are in a place in their life where they feel like they have maybe just one of those components, what are the ways that we can get more integrated into that process? For starters, recognizing that, you know, and I think most of us know this philosophically, but it's another thing to actually like really internalize it, that when we have those moments of self-doubt with respect to the voice specifically, when we hesitate to speak up for ourselves or for somebody else, where we feel soft when we're talking about money, when it feels like we are not maintaining our boundaries. I mean, I could go on and on with these examples, that those, (laughs) those moments, it, those moments don't define us. They are rather opportunities for us to use some of the tools that we're going to talk about. And what I now know is the first thing that most of us do when we start to experience that discomfort is we go into a story that I'm scared. And as a result of that story, we magnify that sensation. And you'll hear me say sensation probably a lot. I love the word because it feels neutral. And what I strive to do myself 
for myself and with clients is say, when you start to experience that stuff coming up, to come at it from a place of curiosity and say, ooh, I'm experiencing some sensation. And then ask, <laughs> then ask a question of ourselves, how might that actually be signaling I'm on the cusp of something big? Because if you think about the moments when you were on the cusp of doing something big or especially saying something big, it probably did not feel like all of your insides were at peace. It probably felt like there was a colony of butterflies that were in there flapping their wings vigorously. And when we can recognize that the butterflies are often beckoning us into our next level of truth, of visibility, sometimes of provocation, then it just becomes easier to be with it. I mean, that's like the foundational level. Yeah. The second, and as somebody who who meditates, it is recognizing what is that dance, and I really see it as a dance between mindfulness, meditation, visualization, and t- true unadulterated physical activity. So when I work with people, particularly, let's say, coaches, consultants, experts mm-hmm. who want to have more unshakable presence on stage and be more authentically themselves, I often recommend that they actually don't default to the meditation and the visualization first, which can get people really uncomfortable. And the reason is because if we're coming at it from a place of so much noise and insecurity, the tool doesn't work. I will encourage people to actually get physical and a little sweaty, even if that's in a bathroom before a speaking gig, doing some jumping jacks to get the heart rate up. Then once you start to move the blood flow through the body, that's when we can use more of the contemplative tools to harness the energy that's left and bring us back to that place of calm. Mm, yeah, I love that. I, I Everything you said about recognizing those moments is is so true. And I feel like a lot of the times this is a question that we ask, how do we know, right? Like, how do we know when those moments are when it's the right time for us to be able to act on those feelings. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I, this, you know, just to maybe go back even a little bit, the, your book, the book that you wrote is uh, step into your moxie. Right. And so, yes, she's all mine. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us, tell us a little bit about how this came to be and what that process was like for you personally without giving too much of the book away, right? Because I want everybody listening to this to get it. It's so good. I love to write. Writing, truthfully, up until probably the last five years has come considerably more naturally to me than speaking. And even though I've been on the speaking circuit since I was 19 years old, I was that person who wrote out everything, tried to memorize it, often did memorize it, and then was in (laughs) my head rather than in my body when I got in front of an audience. And um, what I recognized is that that was actually playing into all of those tummy butterflies. I didn't, for a while, understand that while I didn't need to go the other extreme and improvise everything on the spot, that true extemporaneous speaking, where we have the ability to create an outline, 
from walking and talking our content, like actually getting out from behind our computer screen when we're devising what we want to say, whether it is a speech or a negotiation or any other kind of persuasive communication, and then actually role playing it, walking it and talking it to get it in our bones, that that's where our juice lives. So all of that is simply to say that I'd written a couple of books in my first career in coaching, one on career, one on onboarding millennials in the workplace. And during that period of time, I really felt like I was circling around the perimeter of my purpose rather than coaching and speaking from this place that I'm talking about. And when I got really clear that I wanted to work with other people around speaking and voice, I did that. Like I stopped thinking, okay, if I just get another TV interview or I write another book, I'll be legitimate. Like, let me just serve and legitimacy will come from that. And so I always knew if I ever wrote a book again, it would be on this content. And then in the midst of an online program launch, so I know not everyone's going to have a context for what that means, but I I release um, some online speaker training programs. This particular year, a couple of years back, I had all these really aggressive goals for how I was going to crush this launch. And then my husband was going to leave his full-time job and join the business. And the launch like tanked. It did not do well. Well, I shouldn't say that. It did not achieve the very high expectation that I had. (laughs) And um, I started waking up in the middle of the night, not for the reasons you might think, like having panic attacks about the financials, but getting the downloads for this book and very specific chapters and stories that I wanted to tell, looking at communication much more holistically and not from like this super earnest spiritual goddess place, like that is a part of me, make no mistake, but also harnessing like the improv background that I have and the playfulness, Mm -hmm. wanting to give people a permission slip to not take communication so seriously without compromising um, the importance of being able to speak our truth. And so I started writing the book at night during this launch. And by the time the launch was done, I had almost an entire book proposal written, shopped it to agents. Um, actually, not that many agents. I found my dream agent pretty quickly, I'm happy to say. And then eh, 18 months-ish later, the, the book was birthed. Wow, that that is so amazing. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I'm in the middle of writing my own at the moment. So it's I... Not- I I am, but it's been more of a uh, like five year <laughs> process, um, which has been such a learning experience for me. But I I found that for me, the minute that I got out of the way of expectation, things were a lot easier to move mm-hmm. through and to write about. Um, one of the things that I want to go back to what you said because I I loved it and it really struck a chord, this whole idea of circling around what your purpose was or circling around what I would call like your dharma or your, Mm -hmm. uh, your, your life's path. Um, What does that circling look like for most people? Because I feel like this is something that a lot of people go through and they may or may not be able to identify what that is. Yes. Um, what did it look like for you? Oh, it was messy. So if I think back to some of the messages that were going on in my head, it was, I know this isn't it. And once I do blank, like I achieve blank, mm. then I'll be able to do what I really want to do. 
And, uh, of course the fallacy in all of that is you never hit your stride and hit the success when it's the thing you're doing because it feels safe or it feels like that's what people want from you rather than the thing you really want to do. And some of the other things that manifested were, there's other people who are already doing what I'm doing and some of them are my friends. And if I really hang out my flag and say, this is it for me. What if people feel like I'm riding on their coattails? Like that one was huge mm. for me too. I uh, hosted an event. We're going back to like 2011, 2012. And I invited some other female entrepreneurs who are rocking and rolling to be speakers. And one of the speakers who was supposed to be there was a speaking coach, great speaking coach. And she wound up getting sick right before the event and couldn't come. And I remember my instinct beyond like I felt awful that she didn't feel good was, okay, I'm the self-producing this event in New York City with all of these speakers. And like I'm taking the topics that I feel like I can't curate speakers for rather than what I really want to be talking about. Mm. And that, that was the moment. And the event was called Moxie Camp. So it was like after that, there was no turning back. <laughs> I mean, I'd already been doing keynotes for companies on Step and Tier Moxie. And, you know, like I'd been doing it. But there was something about in the entrepreneurial community really owning that this is where I want to be. And it took literally somebody not being able to show up and talk about speaking for me to finally claim that space for myself. Wow. And to me, I think those moments are, are, you know, provided for us, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's the universe's way of showing you that it's your moment or it's your time or you're ready to be able to, to get into this. Um, I love that you speak to our ability uh, to step into that, to to feel empowered and to be able to um, really learn what our strengths are and how to uh, showcase those strengths out into the world. And so, you know, you've been doing this for a long time, even before this was your path, right? You were doing it for other companies, for other businesses. How is it, how is it different for you to be doing it as yourself now for people? I love having an integration between what my clients look like. And that's something I see a lot of entrepreneurs being discouraged from. Now, with that said, it's been incredibly helpful for me to focus on a particular avatar or facet of my work for a season. And a season can be 90 days. A season can be six months. It can be upwards of 18 months to really nail it and have it slick, if you will, before taking on another part of the work. But, you know, I find that Every year I work really deeply with probably about 40 women between one deep speaker coaching program I lead and then my my mastermind. And many of the issues that come up for those women who are at various stages of building their businesses and their thought leadership, while the contexts in which they're speaking might be radically different, that the issues I go through with men who might be in hyper-masculine organizations around their speaking are actually incredibly parallel. And there's something about being able to bring in my pink step into your moxie book for a bunch of dudes, let's say at the Air Force, that I might be training on speaking. (laughs) 
and also be able to show up with my women and tell a story about combat that I feel like enriches both pieces of my work. Wow. Yeah. It's the, to be able to have that balance, the masculine and the feminine mm-hmm. come together. Um, God, that's so beautiful. You know, I, you said something uh, that I, I would love for you to elaborate on um, this whole idea of uh, how entrepreneurs get discouraged or they, they feel um, like their efforts aren't being recognized or the work that they're doing isn't mm-hmm. landing. And I feel like more and more I, I am feeling that from even friends of mine that, that I know, and I've for sure have experienced it myself. Where do you think people should draw the line between maybe looking at a different facet of their Mm -hmm. work? I like to ask the question whenever something isn't going the way we want, what part of it is flawed? Because so often and I see this a lot with women who are in the first, sometimes even five years of their business, but particularly the first two to three, pivot, 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 pivot. When usually not everything is not working. (laughs) Um, Usually what's not working is our audience isn't large enough, or we haven't honed in on the brand promise or the deployment of what we do. So for example, maybe like we've put everything into an online course, but really what people want from us is a beautiful intensive retreat that's in Greece or something, you know, like Mm -hmm. we haven't, there's a piece that's wrong, but then we're like, okay, now I need a new avatar. I need new branding. I need new copy, new website. And so we're never gaining traction and we're always asking ourselves, why is this not working when we haven't actually made it possible for it to work? Because for most of us, we have to do something a few times for it to be successful. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to have some introspection and ask, what's the part that probably is flawed and how can I work on like revising one piece before pivoting, oftentimes that's where success comes from. The second, and this is something I learned from one of my mentors, Jonathan Fields, and I think it applies to everything, particularly with respect to marketing for those of us who are in our businesses, not because we necessarily love marketing and sales, but because we love serving, is what's the conversation that's in my prospect's head? Same thing when you're wanting to develop a really game-changing speech and get booked by event organizers. What's the conversation in that event organizer's head? And how can I speak with it? Not at it, but with it. It will help us find our language. It will help us curate the right stories to tell, the right questions to ask. And it's not about like pain point, pain point, pain point. It's also about like desire and juice and that for me, like when he, he mentioned that at a training, I was like, oh, that was the moment where my business changed. Like I hadn't been working with him at that point, but it was like when I started to realize the people I'm attracting, they're different archetypes, but when I'm able to speak, like they feel like I'm inside their heads, that's when I don't have to work so hard anymore on whether it's on a sales call or a proposal or anything else, because people are making clear decisions. Like I'm in because she gets me or like, 
what she's talking about sounds interesting, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's not what's going on with me, at least in this stage for right now. Yeah, that's, that's really great. Um, Those are really great questions to ask and, and good things to really think about to contemplate within our own self and in our business or whatever it is that we're trying to uh, relay out into the world. Hello, listeners. Uh, As many of you know, I am a yoga teacher, which means I like to wear a lot of stretchy pants and things things that are comfy and actually look good and that fit my curves right. And so, you know, when we shop for things that we like to wear out, for me, I like to look for two things. Number one, affordability. And number two, it has to be of good quality. So I'm not sure about you guys, but when I slip into a comfy pair of yoga pants or a nice top, I want to actually feel like it fits my body and I don't want it to feel like I'm sausaging myself (laughs) into something. I know that's a little bit TMI, but it happens sometimes. With that being said, I'm super excited to partner with a company founded by the beautiful Kate Hudson. Fabletics is a fashion-focused activewear brand with the mission to empower women by making a healthy, active lifestyle accessible to everyone because of their exceptional price point. No matter if you're ready to zen out in a yoga class or go to a spin class or take a stroll in the park, Fabletics has you covered and carries gym wear suitable for any type of workout. Fabletics is your one-stop shop for affordability gym wear and all of their designs are created in-house. Trust me, you seriously can't find these pieces anywhere else. So before I forget, Fabletics is offering all of you an incredible deal so you don't want to miss the get two leggings for $24 at $99 value when you sign up for a VIP. So all you have to do is go to fabletics.com forward slash Rosie, R-O-S-I-E, to take advantage of this deal now. So that's fabletics.com forward slash Rosie to get two leggings for $24 and also free shipping in orders over $49. International shipping is available and there's absolutely no commitment when you purchase your first order. So go to fabletics.com forward slash Rosie or you can go to the show notes for this episode and click the link directly. And now back to our show. How do we stay encouraged in the midst of that effort? Do you know what I mean? Like, does mm-hmm. that question make sense? Because It totally does. You know, because for me, I feel like sometimes when I've been in that position of um, you said something really funny, you're like, oh, well, now I got to redo the website and I got to redo all this stuff. Meanwhile, nothing's happening. There's no traction. There's there's nothing being put out, you know? And mm-hmm. so then you, then the time and the moment has passed. And for me, I lose interest really quickly if I don't act on something, yeah. you know? I find that the most important thing to do when you're not quite sure what's up is before you start to change anything, have some conversations with some real people and ask some questions, get out of your own way, put a hand over your mouth and really listen to their language. Like, and I'm not saying talk to your parent or your spouse or your kiddo or your hamster, like talk to the people that would be your (laughs) ideal avatar, not necessarily your BFF in an online training program who's not your avatar, who's like drinking the same Kool-Aid you are and doesn't have perspective. 
That's number one. Number two, stop clicking on Facebook and Instagram ads for a period of time, like for real, like just cut off the noise because that's just going to set you off into a comparisonitis spiral. Um, and then sometimes when you're not sure, get on your pillow and open your palms and ask the divine to speak because he, she, whatever you believe always will. Oh my goodness. Those are so, such great, such great insights. I just, I feel like those, those particular things have always helped me and and they're the things that I always try to relate to my students or even the listeners of this podcast is, is that, you know, there are other options. There are things that, that we can do. And I, I find it so fascinating as I'm sitting here listening to what you're saying, because, you know, when you're trying to get clarity on a particular topic or a particular issue that you're having, we forget that we need to ask the experts and not just somebody who's going to say yes, you know, your yes person. We need to ask people outside of ourselves that are going to be able to be that, uh, that reflection back to us. So I, I love that you're, uh, advising us to find that avatar that's going to actually answer and speak to those particular questions. So thank you for yes. that. Yes. And giving ourselves permission to really think about who are the people that we want feedback and advice from, because not everyone, as Brene Brown would say, has earned the <laughs> right to give it to us. And in some cases, we might be opening ourselves up for feedback from people who really don't have the kind of business or life that we want. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One of the things I realized early on was that I surrounded myself a lot with mentors who were great, but were not married and or did not have kids. And as somebody who runs her business now with her husband and who has a five-year-old, um, you know, not to say that there's not that people couldn't mentor me on my business. Of course they could. But if the goal was to really integrate my business with my family, and a lot of my goals were enmeshed, it wasn't just about business. It was important for me to have someone who understood that specifically to work with some folks, women who are primary breadwinners, whose husbands join them, like who could just understand so that when they were giving advice, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, do this new thing for your funnel. But they might say, hey, do you actually need an ads funnel for this? Or you love travel. Could you, you know, do a couple live events, build in vacation time with your family and do an offer from the stage? Like someone who just understood at a different level. And that's been also very helpful. Yeah, I love that. Um, our ability to be able to recognize that is really the key. What have you been, um, what's been the biggest thing that you've, you've learned within this business and being able to coach people and guide people? What, have, what do you think has been your biggest lesson in this? Oh, that's such a good question. And there's so many lessons. <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay. So as we are talking today, I, I shared this with Rosie right before we hit record the first time. The first time. <laughs> I uh, have been back in Las Vegas, which is home base for me by this point now, like maybe two hours. But I flew in on a red eye <laughs> with my family after leading a retreat in Kauai. 
And I've got to say, like, I've been wanting, my husband's originally from Kauai, he's native Hawaiian, like we've been wanting to do a Kauai retreat for a while. And I had so much locked into exactly how I could control um, the family part. Like I was chill and relaxed with my ladies um, because this was an alumni group that I lead. But I mean, some neuroses that I'm outing myself for. I said, all right, this is like cold and flu season, but this is where it fits into the calendar. So I'm going to plan this event one full week after my daughter's been out of school for a week from um, (laughs) midwinter break so that like we're all healthy. And wouldn't you know, in the lift on the way to the airport, my daughter throws up all over me and is like coming down with the flu. So we have to turn the lift around. She and my husband get out. We're like, okay, just clean her up. Maybe we can make this work. She starts like vomiting all over. It's a disaster. So I go to Kauai by myself. (laughs) They wait until they're better, get on a plane to join me. Then my husband is sick. My point in all of this, and even though the retreat wound up being fine, I stayed in a different villa, I fortunately stayed healthy, is like when we try to control any aspect of our work, the universe will always serve us up an S-H-I-T sandwich. (laughs) And so what I've learned is to be clear on what I want, obviously, and to put in the elbow grease, but to make sure that that elbow grease is always matched by faith. And when I feel like I am operating in any way from a place of constriction, I'll just ask myself, and I did certainly many times through this experience, how can I choose expansion here? Hmm. Oh, wow. That's great. I love that. How can I choose expansion? That's, that's such a big, uh, sense of relief and release, right? Because it really allows us to let go of any constriction that we may be feeling from the attachment of what we think should be happening or not happening. Or not happening. Right. Why is this happening to me right now? (laughs) Yeah. What, what has been the thing in your life that's created the biggest feeling of freedom? Hmm. I'm finding that there's two things jockeying to be to to come out of my answer. And so I'm going to let them both come out. Faith, my spiritual practice for sure. And wrapped up in that is my belief that the characters who have emerged in my life as family were chosen as assignments for me and for them. But alongside of it, and this might not be something people would expect me to say necessarily, but humor. Like good, delirious belly laughs, even in moments where it feels like that is the last response that I should have. Like I'm entitled to be angry and pissy and whatever it is, but like those are the moments, especially to choose laughter. (laughs) It's so therapeutic (laughs) and so freeing, so freeing. What do you think is the most important lesson that you are teaching your daughter? To listen to her body. So 
we didn't talk about this story, but obviously, because you've read my book, you know, I spoke out about being sexually abused when I was four years old. And for a long time, truthfully, I questioned why I spoke up, not that it wasn't the right thing to do. I mean, I feel very lucky in that I was one of those rare kids who A, did speak up and B, when she did, had enough people who believed her and got her help that it really positively impacted the trajectory of my life, even though there were some people who weren't ready for that information. And as we've seen all too frequently in the media, made me think that maybe I had misremembered or worse, Mm -hmm. I had made it up for attention. Like Mm -hmm. there was definitely that element. But what I didn't understand until right around the time of my daughter's birth was like, why? I was shy. I was introverted. As I've been sharing, was really uncomfortable with my voice. Like, how did I move through the fear and do that? And um, I promise this is circling around to the lesson that I want for my daughter. Around the time of her birth, my mom and I, who has been one of my fiercest advocates, um, we were going through old memorabilia and we stumbled upon this article that was ripped from a parenting magazine. And the article was about how do you talk to your children about safe touch, specifically how to empower children to speak up if they are molested. And written on this article was a note indicating that my mom had not only shared that article with me, but we'd actually rehearsed what to say. And I understood what to say. And so she'd forgotten all about this, but there's really not a lot of doubt in my mind I spoke up because my mom gave me both the words and the confidence and the rehearsal to do so. Wow. And that has been one of the things I have worked on with my daughter about everything. Let's rehearse and let's role play those daring conversations that you need to have. Um, It sometimes feels suffocating when I worry, will my daughter have to navigate through some of the difficult sexual situations that I did? I hope not. And yet I do not know. But what I do believe is that through rehearsal and role play, whatever decision she ultimately makes, feeling a little bit safer with her language will hopefully help her access her moxie more quickly than I did. Mm, That's so powerful, Alexia. Wow. That is, um, yeah, that's such a powerful story, especially in the state of the world where we are now, where we do have as women, we have a a bigger platform to be able to speak out. But now there's also this backlash that we get from speaking out. You know, it's like things are being questioned now, whether you're remembering or you're being honest or what role did you have to play? There's this like victim shaming that's, that Mm -hmm. happens where in my opinion, I feel like should never happen anytime anybody speaks out, especially when it comes to sexual abuse or trauma or, rape or harassment, you know, any, any of these types of things. So, and to me, I, obviously it's like, I find that this in your book and your, uh, the way that you're able to integrate and articulate these things in a way where we can feel really empowered to understand what our own moxie is and how we find that authenticity and bring it out in a way that's truthful and in a way that we feel good about. Um, I love that you also, you you just spoke about this 
in the beginning about the sensations that we feel and um what what words of wisdom can you give uh particularly women out there listening to this this podcast to this this conversation about having the strength and the courage to speak their truth mm. But for those who have spoken their truths and who have not been believed, whether it was big T truths or little T truths, know that I have experienced that as well. I've experienced both sides and that those moments are not indicators of what's going to happen throughout the rest of our lives. They are simply anecdotes and the more skin in our game of life we have, the more likely it is that there's going to be times where we are bruised and broken hard. But I, I, I think of Oprah's words on resilience so much, um, or excuse me, on forgiveness, which I think is a, a pathway for resilience. When she talks about forgiveness, she says it is the it is giving up the hope that the past could have been any different than what it was. And for me, resilience is a core value. Um, like many of you listening, I've lived through some stuff to be sure. And I know you have too, Rosie. And when we let go of trying to change what happened and instead reclaim how we choose to speak to ourselves first and foremost, and then to others around us, that's what ultimately determines how the rest of the chapters are going to go. Mm so true thank you for sharing that um, I just have a couple more questions obviously I can sit here and just hear you speak forever uh, Aww, in fact we could that'd be so much fun to continue to do but um, if you had to give if, if you were able to go back in time and give your teenage self your 15 year old self any words of wisdom what would they be You have time for all of it. I really always wanted to be the first at something. And wanting to sometimes be the first meant that I chose the easy, seemingly sexy thing rather than my deeper desire. I think I would also tell her... <laughs> You can't speak the truth to others until you really speak the truth to yourself. And I was really, really, really good at making myself a martyr in a lot of situations in my self-talk. And it's not to say that I needed to be a victim or, you know, like, but that in every situation, we play a role in the impact that situation has on us. And I wanna be super clear, that is not the same thing as saying I attracted being abused or, or anything else that might come to us. But we do play a role in how we choose to have those situations define us. And so coming from a background where I saw a lot of anger for a variety of different situations, I would have told myself I'm entitled to a lot of that anger and yet, how's that working out for me? 
And I would have been more curious about different ways to move that through my body rather than getting, getting it trapped within. Hmm. What will your 95 year old self tell you now? You didn't need as much sleep as you thought you did. (laughs) I love me some sleep. (laughs) I love sleep too. I really do. I'm like, what? No, I love it. I love to sleep and nap and it's the best. That's like one of my things now though. Like I'll do that. I'll just get so like grapey. Like, oh, my kid woke me up or. Oh, yeah. Like. It's one thing to say, you know, don't sleep five hours a, a night, every night. Um, but for those of us who really take our self-care seriously, and I do really take my self-care seriously, like if there's moments where it doesn't happen, like sometimes the self-care is just letting it go and being kind rather than kvetching over <laughs> the Right, right. Oh, man. And I feel like with the work that you and I do, energetically, I feel like our bodies do need a little bit more time to repair. You know, when you're in front of people or you're working with people, to me, I feel like I can go on for a season of just working, like work, work, work. I mean, I people that listen to this podcast know, like even the last three years, last two years, it's been work, work, work for like 10 months, 11 months straight. And then I usually take a month off, which obviously it's not enough for me at this point now. But Mm-hmm. but there's this, this balance that has to happen. But for me, it's like the, the little moments I get during the day, or if I am able to sit for an extra 10 minutes or take a nap during the day, you know, those are, those are luxuries that I'm, I'm going to continue to take. Well, and you know, until, you know, Tori and I have a family, God willing that I'll then have the excuse that, you know, my child's waking me up so that I, I can nap for a longer period of time. <laughs> Um, so anyway, that being said, uh, I, I do want to be respectful of your time and I enjoyed this conversation so much and your book is truly, uh, an incredible story and journey and there's so many incredible tools on there. And, um, I, I really want the people listening to this podcast to have an opportunity to, to read it and to connect with Alexia, because if you, again, don't know who she is, she's amazing and you should definitely be following her if you aren't. Um, I asked this final question to all of my guests, but before I ask you the final question, Alexia, is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience or um, anything that you'd like to uh, address? For those who are wanting to speak up more powerfully and you probably have an image in your head of where that is like in meetings or with clients or maybe it's in a personal relationship or at work or anything else um it's something I already said but I feel like people will often nod (laughs) giving a presentation (laughs) like oh yeah and then not do it right (laughs) like actually actually rehearse and role play aloud both the words but the nonverbal communication 
of what you want to say rather than ruminate and replay it in your head. And it will completely transform not only how you show up for yourself, but how you show up from a presence perspective when you have an audience, whether it's an audience of one or a thousand or somewhere in between. Thank you for sharing that. And I, for the people that want to know more about Alexia, we're going to share the links to her website and where you can purchase her book and where you can follow her. You're on social media. Yes, I am. I am. I'm um, not like a junkie where I live there, <laughs> um, but I have a Facebook group <laughs> for people around speaking that's open, the Spotlight Speaker Salon, and I make some appearances on Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest and all the places. You're, yeah, you're kind of like everywhere, but but you... you but in moderation. Like in I moderation. I feel like I have a really healthy relationship where I batch schedule. Uh, it's truly me who responds to things, but it's not uncommon that I don't respond for a few days because I'm not actually live every single day oh, at all. that's nice. I personally have taken some time off of social media for the last couple of months since actually the beginning of the year, and it's been quite nice to actually have that same type of healthy relationship. So for the people listening, we'll link those all up. If you go to the info on this particular podcast episode, all those links will be on there. So you can click to connect with Alexia. So my final question is with regard to this podcast. And if you've listened, you know that this is something that I created in order to cultivate a community and to address different topics and to just, you know, create a more loving uh, connection with everyone around us. And it's this idea that we are radically loved by God's source, whatever higher power of your understanding, the idea that we are all radically loved, that the universe works for us and not against us. And so the final question to you is, how do you feel radically loved? And what do you radically love? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, radical love are what I call those cosmic winks that come through in the moments of darkness or paralysis. And there is no place that I feel more radically loved than looking into the eyes of my daughter. Oh my goodness, I love that. And what do you radically love? Oh, yes. I radically love my voice so much. I do a lot of gratitude work in my training and, you know, mirror work where you look in front of a mirror and you express aloud what you're grateful to yourself for. And I spend a lot of time expressing gratitude for my lips and my mouth and my teeth and my voice. As I talk about in the book, I had a lot of metal accoutrement for a lot of years that got in my way of communication. But ultimately, that's all been a piece of me being able to open my mouth literally and speak without a tongue thrust or a lisp. And um, laryngitis is one of the most difficult things for me <laughs> when I experience it because it really feels like it's just severing um, my greatest expressive tool. But um, yeah, my voice, my voice, my voice, my voice. I love that. Alexia, thank you so much for sharing your story and for giving us some really incredible tools for us to use in our life and for just being so open about your story and thank you for all the work that you've done you you have really worked with some of the most incredible people and you've got all the accolades and all the um 
the recognition, but I feel like there's so much more that is due. And so I just personally want to thank you for everything that you've done to create a beautiful forum for men and women to be able to step into their power and to create the life that they want. So thank you for doing that. Thank you very much for holding space for this conversation and for all the conversations you uh, you really inspire me too, Rosie. Oh, thanks, Alexia. I'm so excited. Please come back on. Thank you so much. And everybody listening, thank you all so much too for being a part of this awesome tribe. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening. Is there something missing in your life? Is there something that you want to do in the world to create an impact, but feel that it's overwhelming? So many of us walk through life feeling unsatisfied, overwhelmed, tired, and desperate for a deeper connection, but don't quite know how to achieve the things that we want in life. Join us this spring at the Dunsky Castle in Scotland for seven days of yoga, meditation, and yoga nidra, all focusing on finding your life's purpose. During our time together, we will learn how and when to take action, how to lead from our heart and not our head, how to break up with our inner critic for good and dive deep into learning about desire and discipline and how this creates a purposeful life. For more information, go to radicallyloved.com or you can message us at info at radicallyloved.com, subject Scotland. We'll see you soon.